To you it's just a game, for me it's all I know I make them remember my name before I have to go Losing, I can't fathom, that's a champion's passion Confidence never lacking, drop the beat, let's attack them They be checking for the content, you tired of that nonsense No gimmicks, break limits, quality is I promise This is more than a show, this is a way of life Cause the game as it grows, takes us to higher heights Check the stats before you check me And don't tell me who the greatest if you don't know the history Robert Ramon and Carlos the new big three and if the pins ain't from them don't bring them to me because i go off like a rocket launcher man i just ain't the beat i'm a real monster i can hear the crowd chanting mvp that's my mantra here's a standing on for the opinionated bench warmers Welcome to the Opinionated Benchwarmers Podcast, episode 150. Your Opinionated Benchwarmers are back to do what we do best, and that's discuss sports. Man, I'm excited, man. It's a wonderful time of year. Fantasy football playoffs are among us. NFL playoff race heating up. NBA in-season tournament we just finished. Um, a lot of stuff for us to get into today, man. But, you know, I'm going to ask my brother how he doing, man. Unfortunately, Ramon can be on this particular episode but we're going to hold it down for our brother, Lowe's, man. How you feeling, bro? Good, man. Good, man. You know, of course, we're going to hold it down for the brother, man. You know, as we all working people and busy people and have things going on in our schedule, for sure, we got to hold it down for our brother, Ramon. Yeah, man. I mean, it, it's some interesting stuff going on. Um, I just got another notification that the Wizards are trying to move from downtown to my neighborhood. <laughs> on the Virginia side across the Potomac. So that's kind of interesting. It got my attention. Uh, but, um, yeah, man, uh, you know, shedding some news. But, you know, I want to start off by saying we appreciate all the fans for the love and support. Make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast. Opinionated Benchwarmers on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen to your podcast. Make sure that you're sharing it with a friend, of course, and leave a review if you haven't done so yet, if you like what you hear. Uh, man, we're going to jump right into it, Los. Man, I want to first off shout out to all of the fantasy players in the world, fantasy football players in the world that have uh, clinched their playoff spot, man. Think about that for a second. Take a break. I know we all been locked in all season trying to get to this point, but you got to take a little you got to take a little breather to appreciate how, you know, many injuries, the injuries that you conquered, how many moves that you had to make, how many adjustments that you had to make. And I'm proud to say that uh, you're listening to two, uh, two fantasy football players on a podcast that have made their playoffs in the in a league, uh, in a league of two lows. Man, how you feeling, brother? How you how you feeling about that, man? Man, like you said, you got you absolutely have to appreciate this time of year, right? Because it's been a lot of blood, sweat, and tears getting to this point because so many injuries. I mean, if you just think about the the state of the quarterback position just alone and how many guys have went down this year from Aaron Rodgers, from Anthony Richardson, from Deshaun Watson, from Daniel Jones, from Kirk Cousins, Colin Murray to start the year, Joe Burrow, Justin Fields, Ryan Tannehill, Jimmy Garoppolo, Kenny Pickett, Bryce Young, Matthew Stafford missed the game, Geno Smith missed the game. And then the news, recent news with Justin Herbert, right? We're pretty much out for the season. So when you think about all that, 
and how important the position is and for you to get to the playoffs. And if you are in the playoffs, if, if you miss the playoffs because of that, you know, I can see it happening, you know. So to get to the playoffs at this point with all these injuries at a, such an important position, and yeah, hats out to everybody that's uh, in that position. Yeah, when you think about the Justin Je Justin uh yeah, the Justin Jefferson owners, man. You you know, you can't overstate it, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Missing nine weeks of the season absolutely can kill it. Yeah, we but keep in even even Justin Jefferson, when you look at that, I mean you know, most guys are taking him number one in this up in this past fantasy football draft. So, you know, if you if you had him, I know that you have high implications of a fantasy player that has finished in the top three in his past two seasons in fantasy football. So, I mean, you're right, man. To overcome that, you know, you take a quick breather and now it's time to get back to work, right? So we want to give some advice to those that's entering into this playoff uh stretch. Some new to some, uh, old to others, uh, but either way. Uh, I'm in the playoffs in two leagues. Uh, I actually have not to toot my own horn. I actually have a bye week in one of my fantasy football uh, leagues, so that that is huge to finish number one and get that bye week and only have to win two games. Because we know that anything can happen. You only have to win two games to get to the champ. No, only we have to win one game to get to the championship. Uh, that that that's huge for me. Uh, but Los, man, what advice do you have for these fantasy players as they go upon their fantasy football? Uh, playoff journey yeah i mean you start looking to go forward right you um you, you start to prep your bench right you start to maybe your top guy you handcuff him right see if you can get a guy or you start looking at your opponent's teams right you start seeing if you can handcuff some of their guys and so that way if one of their top guys go down why they're on a bye week or um why they're competing that first week you already have an advantage over them because you already snagged that that handcuff that they had. Um, you know, a good example of that would be Pacheco right now getting Clyde in that situation or um, a, a situation like um, Alexander Madison. He's a guy that went down with an ankle injury, picking up a guy like Ty Chandler. You know, you, you get the sharp fantasy players are always one step ahead. And so I would just say any way you can stay one step ahead and not in scramble mode, when it comes time, you know, will give you that chance to obviously succeed. Yeah, I agree. You know, beat the waiver wire. Uh, waivers go on, go live tomorrow morning. Uh, probably, you know, this comes out at midnight. So this will be out by the time that happens. But, you know, yeah, you know, prep your bench, you know, search that waiver wire, see where you where you're thin. If you had a Justin Herbert go down, of course, you're scouring for a quarterback on the waivers. Um, there's some good ones out there that should be out there. You know, we look at a Joe Flacco, back-to-back 20-point -back fantasy performances in back-to-back -back weeks. The old man has turned back the hands of time. Uh, he's took a page out of LeBron's book and is defeating Father Time for now. But, you know, he's a very suitable passer. He's a, he's a vet, a savvy vet. He knows how to play December football. He spent most of his career in Baltimore, which is cold. Uh, so – I mean, maybe pick him up, you know, then you look at you look down the line. I mean, Sam Howell's not a bad fantasy quarterback. You may look at his team. Uh, he's throwing the ball at least 40 times a game. He's in Eric Bianami's, uh system. We know that Eric Bianami likes to air it out. Um, and then he, he's been suitable. He's coming off of a bye. Maybe you need to replace him with him. So, I mean, just look at your roster, see what you need. Um and and like Lowe said, I mean, you get a right what if you get a pick up a Rashi Rice tomorrow? If he's out there uh, with a Tyreek with a high ankle 
uh, injury, which he did come back in that game, which we'll get to in a moment. But, I mean, it's not looking, you know, very good for a high ankle sprain there to how how effective is Tyreek going to be going forward. Uh, so, you know, the work doesn't start. It just it just has begun. So take a deep breath. Enjoy that you've clinched. And now it's time to get back to work and finish it off. Um, but I'm excited. Um, one league, I do have the bye week in another league. Um, I, you know, finished third. So I'm I'm going to have have two games to get to the championship. So um, I'm, I'm excited. Uh, I'm, I'm glad to be in this position to to win two leagues, which it's been a while in one and I've never won the other one. So I'm, I'm excited about it. Yeah, man. Anytime you can add money, you can't. Why not be excited? <laughs> exactly, man. But moving along, we had some big matchups this past Sunday, which we were excited about. Uh, more recently, let's start with. Do you want to start with last night and work our way back, or do you want to start with Sunday and then work our way back? Uh, you want to yeah. start with Sunday? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so we we look at Sunday. Uh, one of the the two uh, monster matchups that we had. Uh, the first one, um, which was an evening game. Uh, on CBS, which was the Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs, which always makes for a classic. This We're never able to get through this game. It's either going to be a classic or a controversial call, but it's always a close game. And here we are. The Buffalo Bills came victorious out of Arrowhead, uh, which was very, very close, a very, very close game. Um, but, you know, I think what overshadowed the game is Patrick Mahomes, his reaction to that that last uh well one of the last plays of the game you know which which happened which preceded the, the moment preceded the amazing play first of all that um that uh drawing a blank oh kelsey <laughs> the lateral to kelsey from kelsey to to um to Kadarius for a touchdown but it was called back because Kadarius was offside and we saw Mahomes did a pan to the sideline. First, I thought he was talking to a coach, but he was going crazy on the ref, which was ignoring him. He had at least 10 to 15 guys holding him back. You know, we saw the comments that he made to Josh Allen about how the, the call was terrible. And then we saw the press conference and he's still talking about it. Man, what did you think about how that game wrapped up there? I don't know, man. I just feel like it is a petty call. I mean, I, a lot of people don't agree with me. And I think they say oh, he was all sides or whatever. But things have came out since and showed that Kadarius Tony did check with the ref before the play. And so if he checks with you and it's that close, you don't call that type of call. You don't throw that type of flag on a player. Um, and then that type of alignment, you know, they were showing it. Now they're showing it uh, all over any game that happens. So even last night with the Miami Dolphins and the Tennessee Titans game, they show Waddle lining up in the same exact position on the line and the call wasn't called. And so I kind of get Patrick Mahomes frustration it's like you don't ever call that call you don't make that call especially in that type of situation why all of a sudden you want to you know be tic-tac you know I know right is right and it should be whatever but at the same time I look at it it's like you know that happens if you're going to call that be consistent I think that's what the players are asking for be consistent with it and I don't think you're getting consistency across the NFL with the referees yeah I agree um he clearly was offsides um, but do you call it in that moment? I, I do think it's a, it's a bit petty. Um, I have, a, you know, I think that the problems with Mahomes that I have with it is they, they have deeper problems than just that call that was made. Um, we've said it all day. You know, even if you watch that game, you know, MVS has some, made some plays, but, you know, he had a couple bad drops. Even Kadarius Tony had a bad drop in the, through the course of the game. You know, and, and Kelsey is, you know, he looked better than he has in the past month. 
but even you know Kelsey, you know, can't shoulder that load anymore. And the reality of it is, and we've said it all podcasts, uh, we've said it all football season long on this podcast is that that he doesn't have that supplement complementary player, or he doesn't have those weapons that he once had. Um, Clyde doesn't look like he has the juice as, as we thought he had coming out of LSU. Uh, Pacheco is he's he's a, a vicious runner, but would I say he's a difference maker? I don't know. I don't think he's good enough to to really move the needle. You know, uh, as far as that, they got to give Mahomes some help. Is what I'm getting at. You know, and I think that you, we could talk about calls and what it comes down to, but this is not a good team. And you know that, that Mahomes magic that we we're used to seeing is because he had something to work with, but I don't know if you agree with me here, Los. I don't think Mahomes really has much to work with this season. No, I think it's starting to show. I think, you know, they got away with it last year and they were able to win without Tyreek, right? This year, I think teams are on to him. Last year, they had that chain mover and Juju Smith-Schuster, right? You know, Juju Smith-Schuster is not a special receiver at all. Not saying that, but on that team, he was a reliable guy that could catch the ball and move the chains. They no longer have that guy on the team that's reliable that to move the chains other than Rasheed Rice, who's a rookie receiver, who's coming on, not a bad player, but consistently cannot do it. You know, mm. and then you look at Kelsey. Sure, Kelsey is especially one-on-one, but Kelsey is in his mid-30s. And again, at some point, Father Time is coming for you. So when you look at that across the board, MBS should not be on the field. We talk about that. He should he, he should be benched. He's not an <laughs> NFL receiver. Justin Watson, he's just a guy. So when you look at all these guys, Kadarius Tony, he can't line up right. He can't catch the ball. You look at these guys across the rise fan. I know they have to be cheap, and they were trying to save money. They had to put money into the defense, and this and that, spread that money out. They had to pay Patrick Mahomes. Kelsey had, had to get paid. I get all that, right? And so they had to take a hit somewhere, and they thought just because Mahomes is special, he can carry receivers. We're seeing this year that, yes, Mahomes is still special. Yes, Mahomes is still going to keep you in the game, but he still needs a guy that he can rely on outside of Kelsey. What would you say to the person that says that the refs called it like it is? I, I couldn't disagree. I couldn't disagree with somebody that says that. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> I, I get it. I, I yeah. get it. But at the same time, it's like I can't disagree. Like I get an argument on the other side, but I can't disagree with somebody that say that because it's the truth. They called it how it is. I don't. You can't necessarily like it or whatever, and it's not consistent, but it's the truth. <laughs> yeah, man. So moving along, uh, we had the the giant matchup that Sunday night against, you know, with the Eagle, Philadelphia Eagles coming to Arlington to face the Dallas Cowboys. And disappointing enough, it wasn't it wasn't much of a matchup. And, you know, it told us a lot about both teams. And, you know, I, I you know, it, it brought me to many discussions we've had about Philly and are they for real? Uh, Los, I don't know with you, but I, I don't know if the pitch is a little more clear about where we stand with the Eagles or not. Uh, but I know that it taught me a lot about them. They ended up going into Arlington and, and losing 33 to 13. And and I'll be honest with you, Los, man, that game was over when it started off the kickoff. And by halftime, I was like, okay, do I want to wake up kind of groggy for work in the morning or, or will I just go to bed? And I was like, mm. I'll just go ahead and go to bed because Dallas had it well in hand. They dominated on every facet of the game. Dak is continuing his MVP campaign and his, 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 we talked about that last week. 
and is continuing to work towards not only the the MVP, but towards a big contract, which he might he very well will end up the highest paid quarterback in the league. Uh, but you know your thoughts, man. What what do you, what did you think about this game? Did you make it through? You know, what are your thoughts of the Eagles? Yeah, I mean, I think the Eagles right now are on ice. I've been so a supporter of the Eagles and not worried about the Eagles because they've been pulling out tough games. And I think these last couple of weeks we've shown that they are in fact beatable. So, and they played two of the teams that if they're going to be in the NFC Championship game, they're probably going to be playing one of those teams within the 49ers or the Dallas Cowboys, and they lost to both of those teams. Now, again, we've always said this year's past of doing this podcast that it is tough to beat a team twice, you know. And so, again, I expect the Eagles to be ready in the playoffs. I expect a better Eagles team in the playoffs. But um, as of now, they just weren't even competitive in these games that they played these last two weeks. They got pretty much waxed. And so, again, you have to pay attention to this, and they have to make some adjustments because they can't blame injuries. They can't blame anything else but they got lined up and just got flat out beat yeah and and you mentioned it you know we talked about it Ramon's talked about it countless of times about this tough stretch that the Eagles are in they played the Cowboys the Chiefs dating back to the beginning of November they played the Cowboys the Chiefs the Bills then they came play the 49ers then they came and played the Cowboys again and they got the Seahawks next week which the Seahawks aren't they're on a slouch uh, it is a tough stretch by a lot of uh, beyond the imagination. Uh, but what, what it talking about the Eagles, though? I mean, they've been like you said, they've been staggering all year. I mean, they've been they I, I, I'm quoting on this podcast as saying, uh, you know, I think, yeah, that was after Thanksgiving. I was like, you know, the Eagles really, you know, the, the other team lost that game. You know, the Eagles didn't win it. And, you know, I, I really believe that and I continuously believe that. They are, you know, when they played, that was when they played the Bills. But, you know, they just a team that's always in the, that's laying in the balance. Uh, I don't, you know, I, there's a lot of questions around their defense. Um, they did sign Shaquille, um, Shaquille Leonard, which will help a lot once he gets into the system. Um, but I do share it. I'm not writing them off. I do think that they're still a Super Bowl contender. But, you know, just based on what I've seen against the Cowboys, man, I, I don't know. They, they take a seat back. If anything, I, I feel better about the Cowboys now than I did before they played the Eagles the way that they did. Absolutely. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more, brother. Dak is playing the best football that I've ever seen him play. He's looking crisp. He's looking sharp. He's not making many mistakes. He's making the throws. But what can you say about C.D. Lamb, man? He's really emerged as a top five receiver in this league. I think just special, man. Once him and Dak found that connection – um, it, it 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 turned into something special, and I think that's what's driving Dak to be the MVP candidate or the lead candidate now. You know, and I think Ramon mentioned that last week was a guy that we weren't talking about. We were talking about Brock Purdy. We were talking about Hurts, and Ramon mentioned Dak. You know, as a dark horse, really, and now he's a favorite this week, and it changes week to week. I know, and the Eagles. You know, I'll be aware of this. The Eagles also have their schedules coming up. They have an easy schedule, but. Back on your point, you know, C.D. Lamb, man, he's just been special. Like, he's been he's been the go-to guy. He's been everything that we thought he was coming out of Oklahoma. Yeah, he is. A, he's a speedster. He's a wide receiver technician. Um, I mean, he spent some time under Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper is known as a, as a technician with the routes, and you really can see it now. He's the guy. And, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm worshiping him now. He's, he is on my playoff fantasy team, so I need him to stay healthy. 
and I need him to continue grinding. Uh, but here you are. Check it out. You alluded to it. You know, here we go. The Eagles got the giant. They have to the Seahawks. They have to win that game. You have to think they're going into Seattle. Seattle, we know how tough it is to play there. Um, but they go into Seattle, and then uh, after that, they have a cakewalk. They got the Giants, the Cardinals, and the Giants, which the Giants is playing better now, you know, under Tommy DeVito. They're just playing with a different energy. Saquon is looking like Saquon, like he's finally healthy. Um, I mean, I, I think that the Giants are looking formidable. Uh, they're not looking as bad as they were prior to the season. Um, but, yeah, as we as we get shift to that focus, uh, we saw last night one of the biggest ones. Uh, the two underdogs took over, man. Uh, the, the Dolphins lost – um, to the Giants is that, is that right? I, I get that mixed up. The I'm Dolphins sorry. lost to the Titans. Yeah, the Dolphins lost to the Titans, and the Giants lost to the Packers. Oh, I mean the Packers lost, Packers to, the lost to the Giants. Yeah, yeah. So I mean the Packers in that game was the favorite, and then in the Titans, obviously the Dolphins were the favorite. But you know, I think the storyline out of last night is Tyreek Hill. I mean a high ankle sprain. It's not looking good. He did come in back into the game. He. He, I, what he 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 heard it like the fifth play of the game, and then he missed the entire first half, and then he was back in the second half of the game, which is odd. But what it says to me is adrenaline, Toradol probably got him going, and adrenaline, you know, adrenaline. I'll say that again. Uh, but you know, it's not looking good. I mean, I'll be, you know, if I was a fantasy owner of Tyreek, I'd definitely be monitoring those reports and seeing how his practices go this week. But I, I couldn't imagine – he may. I could be wrong, but I couldn't imagine him playing this week. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those injuries where I don't know if it, it was confirmed a high ankle or a low ankle sprain. He wasn't – he was moving around like his ankle wasn't that bad, so I'm hoping it's a low ankle. I don't know if it was confirmed yet, but if it was a low ankle, you know, um, Cooper Cup is a good example of that. He was a guy that can play, play through that. Those low ankle sprains are injuries that you cannot – um, I guess make it worse. You have to play through some pain. Um, and so um, you can play through those, you know, and Tariq Hill, you've seen that that offense, that whole offense changed when he came off the field. They were bogged down. They weren't as, as explosive. Um, they were getting held in tech. Um, but Tariq Hill is definitely a game changer just being on the field. It seemed like that second half, he was more of a decoy than anything. He had a couple catches, but, you know, he was he didn't look like he was the first option on routes as he was watching Tua go through his progressions. But again, I'm hoping his low ankle, he can possibly play through it for those, especially going into the playoffs for fantasy. Hopefully you have a bye. He does sit and you can get the quote unquote rest. But if you're going into this week and you need a win and Tariq and how dynamic we talked about him being possibly in the MVP conversation. So that tells me he's the MVP of your fantasy team. And so to lose that guy is probably huge um, for you. And so hopefully you have, have some type of backup plan. Yeah, absolutely. I like how you threw the fantasy implications in there. That's very extremely important as we approach our playoffs. But for the Dolphins in real life, you had the Jets coming up. I mean, do you you have the but after the Jets, you have a tough stretch to the Cowboys, the Ravens, then the Bills. I mean, do you potentially go ahead and you know sit him in the, on this Jets game? Don't risk him, and so he can be fresh for the Cowboys in that tough stretch you got. Because at this point, you're trying to get home field advantage and right now you're you're competing strongly with the rest of the field for that i mean what do you do there yeah jets are along already are tough against receivers they're probably i think they're rated top three and adjusted fantasy points against receivers so when you're looking at that and how tough they are against receivers 
um, you know, do you risk putting your top weapon out there? Do you think you have enough to beat the Jets who, again, not that explosive on offense? The Jets are coming off a good win last week, don't get me wrong, but again, we look at Zach Wilson playing in that offense. You think that you'll be able to have enough to win that game without Tariq to give him a week of rest, but um, the Jets, I wouldn't take them lightly because the Jets, again, they're one of the teams, they can put up enough points, their defense and keep them in the game, they can sneak and beat you. Yeah, absolutely. I, I would think about I consider sitting Tyreek there. You, you know, Waddle got to step up like he did last night. And I think you got to find a way to beat the Jets. If you can't beat the Jets without Tyreek, you have bigger problems. But as you're looking at the field with the Ravens, uh, one game ahead of you, you're trying to stay on pace with them. So, I mean, I think at this point, you have to really kind of look at that as far as what you're going to do if, if you're really trying to get home field advantage, which could be advantageous to any NFL team in the playoffs. Moving along, um, speaking of the NBA, we're going to switch up on you guys. The in-season tournament, us as Lakers fans, uh, unfortunately, without Ramon, he cannot. He will celebrate with us next week when we record. The NBA, the in-season tournament champions, the very first, the inaugural NBA in-season tournament champion, your Los Angeles Lakers, man. Woo! Boy, hey, last time we talked about this, we were we were nervous going into a Suns game. Like, this was a week ago. That shows you how much has changed in a week, you know. We were talking about playing the Suns, hopefully beating them. We knocked off the Suns. We knocked off the Pelicans. You know what I'm saying? All the way to the championship to knock off the Pacers, which, again, all tough competition, um, you know, and to be the very, very first team to win this is special. But my question to you, brother, how do you how do you how do you rank this thing now? I think that's been a debate on internet. Like, how do you put this into legacy now, right? Because this wasn't part of Kobe. This wasn't part of Michael Jordan. You know, the MVP of this thing or bringing this in season championship. This wasn't part of their legacy. They didn't have this opportunity. So, how do you mark this going forward? Do you do okay? LeBron got four and a half now. Like, how do you do this going no, forward? That definitely doesn't go into the championship uh, thing. But I think. For true NBA fans that's evaluating talent around a team, I feel like it's an opportunity for young players like we saw Halle Burton to get some to get some shine because otherwise he's not on, you know, how many Pacers games are on prime time, right? And then you look at a guy like LeBron who is padding his legacy. Does this go into his legacy and does it help it? Yes. You know, he catapulted the Lakers team. His leadership during his, during his time was remarkable. His performance at 38 years old to become an in-season tournament MVP, I think it does. And, and it does. It's another opportunity for people to evaluate how great they are. So I'm not a fan of discounting it towards his legacy. It does go into his legacy, but it doesn't go into the championship legacy. But for me, I'm a huge fan. Like I've said, multiple episodes now, I was skeptical of the in-season tournament. But I, I love what I saw. As, a, as an NBA fan, as a basketball fan, the intensity – it did give you a little playoff intensity, and then we got some some freaking um, you know relevant basketball in December. I mean, you can't you can't beat it. Uh, I think for the Lakers, it, it does it, it does for teams in general. And what I notice is that it gives teams an, an opportunity to really test out coaches, especially that playoff intensity. You cannot mimic that in practice. You cannot mimic that throughout the season. You may get a select few games, but this is an opportunity for you have something on the line and you're going for it. Five hundred thousand dollars is a lot of money. And, you know, to see guys like LeBron, you know, I saw some quotes where he 
was telling the young guys, the two-way players, hey, I'm trying to win this for y'all. LeBron's a billionaire. He doesn't need 500K. But, you know, to to want to win that for the young guys, it just gained – it upped my respect for LeBron. Yeah, man, absolutely, man. I, and I'll be telling you guys in the group chat, just watching him through this process, right, through this this in-season tournament, him taking it serious, right, and really putting his best foot forward and obviously winning the MVP out. Again, it, you know, my wife asked me this. She was like, you saying all this now because he's a Laker? And she's absolutely right. Before he was a Laker, I used to be on the, the hate LeBron train, right, because he was great couldn't beat the guy he was just so great right everybody has that player that just like ah just can't do nothing with him right whether that's in the NFL NBA whatever sport it is and now that he is on a team and on my team and I can watch him game in and game out I can really appreciate um I can really appreciate how great he is doing I can really appreciate yeah I I, I agree I can really appreciate the greatness of him what he's doing sorry about that my phone my thing just muted on me oh you hear me clearly brother yeah i can hear you now <laughs> i agree man you can uh, hear me yeah i can hear you man uh i mean i think that you know i agree you know his legacy is to yet to be tournament and you know as as him becoming you know as he's a lot of young know, upcoming players goats you know i understand it you know my goat is kobe bryant you know and i think it is a personal preference but anybody that knows the sport of basketball knows this guy's top five of all time. And it's no question his longevity and the way that he looks like he can play and the way that he not, I mean, top three, I, I mean, you know, you can, you know, top five is safe, but you know, I think that, you know, just his longevity, you know, for one thing is, is just great in itself. I, we've never seen a 38 year old play at this level and, you know, I didn't think that LeBron had it in him to be dropping 30 and 25 and still looking, you know, some, at some point he, I told Lowe's, he looked like he's playing for Miami and, you know, I, you know, a couple of games in this NC to the, one of the games out of NC tournament, he really looked like he was playing for Miami. So, I mean, he's looked like he's having fun. He looks energized. He takes care of his body. No, without question. And, you know, yeah, LeBron is, is definitely gaining respect. And I think as a basketball fan, you have to respect that. Uh, but as we move on, man, we, we I think we did it again, Los, man. Uh, we did a, a a nice, concise episode for you. We appreciate you for listening to us uh, this long, as I always say. Uh, make sure that you subscribe to the podcast, Opinionated Benchwarmers, or wherever you like to listen to your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. And, of course, follow us on Instagram as well and Twitter, O underscore Benchwarmers. Uh, and, you know, we appreciate the love and support, man. And we're going to go ahead and get out of here. We say good luck to week one of your playoffs. Uh, we'd love to, you know, hear about how that goes. You know, shoot us a message on Twitter or Instagram, man. Maybe we can help you out. But until next time, we out of here. Later.